This is Donna Skoglin, and you are listening to The Pleasure Project, episode 116. This is part three of a four-part series on the yoga of emotion, which is based off of my number one talk that I give in person. I've been giving that for years, and I wanted to break it down and share it here on the podcast because it's one of my favorite topics. I think it's one of the most important topics to learn about and to understand because this information that I'm sharing in these podcast episodes will literally change your life because emotions are such a huge part of our lives. And I think we often underestimate what a big part of our lives they are. So if you listen to the first two episodes, you probably have come to understand that a little bit more and understand how important it is to dive into this stuff, to learn more, to practice what I will teach you and to really begin to develop this emotional mastery. Today's episode is on the three laws of emotion. And these are three laws that I created based on bringing together yoga, Ayurveda, Buddhism, psychology, brain science, life coaching, everything that I have studied in all of those different fields, and how I've noticed there's certain through lines or certain things that have shown up in many of these different fields and really allows us to, when we understand these three laws, really shifts how you relate to, deal with, and handle your emotions. So what is an emotion? Even emotions themselves are just really misunderstood. And we often think that an emotion is a reaction to what happens. And that feels very true. However, it's not. An emotion is a reaction to how you think about what happens. And this is because something can happen. And let's say 10 people are looking at an event. I mean, we could say even an election. 10 people can see an election and see, you know, who wins and have 10 different emotional experiences about that result. So that means that it's not the winner that creates these feelings. It's everyone's different thoughts and perspectives and what they make that mean that creates these emotions. So when you look up emotion, when you when I googled it, this is what comes up. It's a conscious mental reaction subjectively experienced as a strong feeling usually directed towards a specific object and typically accompanied by physiological and behavioral changes in the body, a state of feeling. So, yes, we have an emotion and we think that it's caused by something specific and that's what we direct we, we make it responsible for our feelings, but it's really, really important to understand this distinction that it is not caused by the specific object, the specific circumstance, the specific thing that happens, or even what someone does or says, or how that person is. It's always caused by your own mind. So the three laws, number one is the 90 second rule. Number two is the 50-50 rule, and number three is the rule of fuel for your actions. And I'm gonna break down each one of those. So the 90 second rule 
is basically on a very scientific level, an understanding of what emotions actually are. And they are 90 second waves of biochemicals created by your thoughts. So what happens is your brain basically produces a thought. And I'm not gonna go into why that happens because that's going a little bit too far down the rabbit hole, but basically information gets brought up to your brain, your mind sends information to your brain, your brain creates a thought, and your thought sends a wave of neurochemicals, biochemicals through your body, which we feel and experience as different sensations, vibrations, and basically energy moving in our body. Even the word emotion is energy in motion, e-motion. So this, these are ways that, you know, and I love that emotion. It's one, it's energy in motion. We feel it as these different energies, feelings, sensations, vibrations, but then it also relates to the third rule, which we'll talk about in a moment. So it's really important to understand that that's all they are. That's all emotions are is sensations caused by a thought in your brain. These sensations are harmless. However, it is true that when you consistently, and this is what happens, is when we consistently have the same kind of thoughts and we have the same biochemicals and you know maybe those are stress chemicals like cortisol, adrenaline, those chemicals, if we continuously have certain kinds of emotions, it does start to change the chemistry in our brain. And what I just learned the other day, which I did not know before, is that anxiety and depression are not caused by chemical imbalances in your brain. There is actually no scientific evidence of this. However, what happens is they are a result of, that chemical imbalance is a result of depression. So it's not the cause, it's the result. So these, it's not that, you know, feeling these feelings is harmless. However, these chemicals and, and, you know, the chemistry in your body does shift and that actually can be harmful. That can affect your physical health. And actually, this also speaks to the importance of doing this work because when you do not do the work of emotional management, mental management, your susceptibility to disease goes up by 30%. There was a study that I found out recently that it was a nine-week study and they took, some, they took everyone's biological age in the beginning of the study and then after nine weeks of really doing a lot of, you know, this, this kind of work that I talk about on this podcast, which is really observing our feelings, observing our thoughts, really, you know, self-coaching. After nine weeks, they took the test again and their biological age went up by 35 years. So this really directly shows how what's happening in our mind affects our body and our physical health. And that's why it's so important. It's not, you know, we don't just do this work so we can feel better emotionally and have better, you know, quote unquote, better or more positive or more enjoyable thoughts is because it's directly tied to our health and our, our longevity and our genetic expression. This is, 
you know, epigenetics. So they're not, but what is important is that just feeling the discomfort in your body, just feeling how those emotions express themselves physically through, you know, sometimes we feel a pit in our stomach or we feel a heaviness on our chest or we feel a contraction in our throat or we feel tension in our shoulders or heaviness in our legs, like whatever, however the biochemicals feel in your body, just feeling those feelings is not a big deal when you learn how to actually just observe that, observe those feelings. But what happens is we don't, we don't observe those feelings. What we do is we react. It's like we have a little bit of that emotional discomfort and then we do a lot of the mistakes I talked about in the last episode. We eat to avoid them. We drink to avoid them. We distract to avoid them. We, you know, shame ourselves because we think we shouldn't be having them. We blame and we spin stories and we, you know, just basically make things a lot worse. We spend so much time and effort trying to avoid these little vibrations in your body. And when you can see them as simply vibrations and sensations in your body, they lose so much of their power over you. You realize it's okay. I can feel this. I can handle this. I can be with this. I can hold space for what is arising in my body caused by my brain. And it's interesting because we do things on purpose as humans that is uncomfortable physically. Like for example, we run marathons, we climb mountains, we do cold plunges, we lift heavy objects, we do go to deep tissue massage. These are things that are intentionally uncomfortable, but we willingly do it. We say yes, we're like, bring it on. I'm gonna feel uncomfortable on purpose. And we are willing to, we tolerate it because of the payoff, right? We get stronger, we get healthier, we get more resilient, we feel like a badass, like whatever the reason why we do these things is we're we're benefiting in some way. And I believe we can experience a lot of these same benefits when we learn to be with emotional discomfort, which again is, is literally also just physical discomfort, but it's how we interpret it that makes it different. So when we do, when we can learn to be with these sensations and simply observe them, then we become psychologically stronger, more mentally healthy. And this has been actually a sign of mental health is our willingness to feel our feelings. We become more resilient. And the more we do this, the less we feel like a victim to our own minds. And then we don't, we're less, way less likely to engage in unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with these feelings because we have realized that it's totally manageable to just feel the feelings and not feel the need to run away from them and distract and avoid and numb and escape. Then we can learn how to calm our nervous system and we can learn how to complete stress cycles and we can learn how to take care of ourselves when we're going through emotional discomfort. And that's the opportunity here. So the 90 second rule will change your life when you recognize emotions are simply 90 second waves of vibrations and sensations. And 
the challenging emotions are uncomfortable. It's not, you know, great feelings. We don't necessarily like to feel those feelings, but we can. And the more we do, the more we feel like we can build a level of confidence and ability and willingness to feel emotional discomfort and then move through them in healthier ways, which is what I talked about in the first episode. So the second rule is the 50-50 rule. Talked about this on the podcast before, and this is a big one. And it really is the the truth that life is 50-50, meaning 50% of the time, life is going to be good, and it's going to be It's going to go the way we want it to go and we're going to feel good and experience positive emotions. And then the other 50% of the time, we're going to be in situations that we wish were different. We're going to have emotions we wish we didn't have. And this is on purpose. This is by design. We need the contrast. You can't experience happiness without sadness. You can't experience good without bad. And we only experience pleasure against the backdrop of pain. So we need a big dose of the opposite. We need it. There's We can't have one without the other. Failure is what makes success worthwhile. If you don't have the possibility of failure, success doesn't mean anything. So the good things in life only make sense relative to the bad things. And, you know, I'm putting quotes under good and bad because really everything is neutral, but it's how we see it, how we label it. So if all your experiences are positive, I mean, just think about that. It's, it's, imagine if you just ate your favorite food for every single meal, it would stop being special. It would stop feeling so good. It would stop being fun and exciting. So we need that contrast. You need pain to have pleasure. And and really, I think we get the most meaning through the painful emotions and the challenging situations and the suffering. And yes, it sucks when you're in it. And we want to get out of it as quickly as possible when we're in it, but when if we can choose to look at it in a way that creates a positive meaning and we can look for the growth and we can look for the lessons, then we see that we actually do gain so much out of it. So this is to say, you know, the 50-50 rule is really about shifting how you relate to what I call the shitty 50 of life. And instead of making it a problem, Instead of thinking it shouldn't exist and it should only be, you know, we should only be happy all the time, which is, you know, what we've been taught that we should be. And that was, you know, in the second episode, we have been sold this idea that we should just feel good all the time. And, you know, that is also part of our biological wiring. But if we are always running away from the shitty 50 and trying to avoid it, what ends up happening is we live a very small safe life because we're trying so hard to avoid any discomfort and pain and suffering. But again, that's where the growth is. That's where the meaning comes. So also, it means that when we avoid the pain, we also are going to avoid the joy because the joy, the pain is what sets us up to experience the joy. 
So embrace the challenge, embrace the difficulty, which I know is so much easier said than done. But when you can remember the 50-50 the rule, it is, I find, so much easier. For me, it's so, it what when I am in the shitty 50, I basically just label it. I basically say, I'm in the shitty 50. This is the shitty 50. This is part of life. And eventually I know I will get back to the positive 50 because everything changes. Nothing is permanent. And so I think the purpose of life is not to avoid the shitty 50, but to be able to get better at handling the shitty 50. Because by resisting the shitty 50, we give it more power and we feel the need to escape it and often with, you know, in unhealthy ways like the overeating, overdrinking, all of that stuff. Negative emotions can also be very useful because they give us a lot of insight into what is happening beneath the surface because our emotions are a part of our unconscious or our subconscious mind. And it's essentially an opportunity to see our blind spots, to see what are we believing. And so that's one reason why I think they can be very useful, but also because these negative emotions, basically from an evolutionary standpoint, are how our, our brain evolved to keep us alive. They are protecting us. They are messengers. They're alert systems. So we, if we can shift how we're experiencing them and how we're thinking about them, how we're relating to them and actually say, okay, what is my subconscious brain trying to protect me from right now? We can have a little bit more self-compassion and we can stop judging ourselves for having an emotional or a human experience. So when you can allow all the emotions, the pleasant, the unpleasant, the easy, the hard, all of it, you meet yourself with compassion and you can move through these challenging feelings with so much more grace and self-love and acceptance. And your emotions don't need to mean anything about you. And this is what we do. It's like we create meaning that I'm feeling sad or that I'm feeling stressed or that I'm feeling anxious or that I'm feeling lonely. But really, they don't mean anything. They are a reflection of what you are thinking, whether that is an unconscious thought that you're not aware of or a conscious thought. So it if we are willing to stay with the emotions and explore and see what's underneath them and what's causing them and why they're showing up and what they're trying to t- show us and teach us and tell us, then we we get to know ourselves on such a deeper level. And this is where we also have the capacity to change some of those subconscious beliefs. But we, we can't change something that we're not aware of. So being aware of how we're feeling and then being willing to examine a little more closely will give us so much more insight into what's happening under the hood. So that's the 50-50 rule. The third one is that emotions, the reasons why we have them, the reasons why, you know, from a very biological perspective, is because emotions drive action. And this is where we get back into the emotion. So these neurochemicals and biochemicals that are moving through your body sends signals for different things to happen. So for example, when you're in a stress response, these sensations are driving you to either fight or run or hide 
or befriend, you know, all the different stress responses that we can have. And, you know, anxiety can be, uh, you know, showing us to like pay more attention and to really, you know, see what we need to, you know, be aware of or be, um, you know, basically protect ourselves from. So I think of emotions are the gas that take you from where you are to what needs to happen next. And now, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the emotions that come up are, are based on outdated programming. So we perceive things as threats that we need to run away from when they're not actual threats. So this is why we need to be able to sit with emotions long enough to see is, is there really a threat or is this just outdated primitive programming that's expressing itself? So it's important to understand this rule that emotions are fuel because we often don't take emotions into account when we are deciding to take action, when we're setting goals. We just think about what we need to do, right? Whenever we wanna do something new, let's say complete a project or build a new habit or make a change, the first place our brain goes is, okay, what do I need to do? What are the actions I need to take? However, if you're human, you've experienced that, you know, I'm sure many times where you have an action plan, but you don't actually do it. You don't take the actions that you know you need to do because the reason why is because of your emotions. Your emotions might not align with taking that action. You might feel resistance when you're supposed to move forward. And so instead of moving forward with an action, you actually don't. You stop yourself, you distract yourself, you procrastinate, you do something different. So this is why you need to focus on emotions when you decide to do something. How do I need to feel? And what I'm gonna talk about in the final part four is how to do this, how to actually generate desired feelings by thinking on purpose, by directing your mind and your attention in a very specific way so you can feel the feelings that you need to feel in specific situations. So there's, you know, being able to feel how you're currently feeling and what your subconscious mind is trying to protect you from or trying to, you know, get you to do that's based on old programs. And then there's the intention that you have, the new change that you want to make. So when the the part of your brain that's responsible for emotions is damaged, those people lose all will to live. They don't want to eat. They don't want to do anything. So emotions really are the fuel for our lives. And it should be a big part of any goal setting or habit changing process to pay attention to your emotions and to learn to work with your emotions in what I call emotional empowerment, which is, like I said, that's going to be part four of this yoga of emotion series. So to recap, the three laws of emotion are number one, 90 second rule, number two, the 50-50 rule, and number three, the fuel for your actions. Emotions are the fuel for your actions. So I'd love to hear your takeaways. I'd love to hear 
any questions, thoughts about what you've learned in this series so far. If you have anything else you want me to address in the final episode, don't hesitate to reach out. And if you want to work with me directly on this work, on emotional mastery, on mental mindset mastery, and you are struggling with handling your emotions, or maybe you're struggling with some of those coping behaviors, and you're not able to change those habits, reach out to me. You can set up a free 45-minute strategy session where we will hop on Zoom and we'll talk about what you're struggling with, your challenges, your goals, and then if it feels like a fit, we can talk about options to work together. So I look forward to hearing from you and until next time for part four of the Yoga of Emotion series.